Let's play a theme song, guys. Yeah, uh huh. You know what it Hello everybody and welcome to Dynamic Panel. My name is Joseph and I'll be your host and spiritual guide through the most important news stories of the week. With me, of course, is a man that's funnier than Don Rickles eating a pickle. He's comedian David Allen Freitas. Hey, well, at least I can say this pickle's going somewhere, unlike David's comedy career. Uh, hey, what's up, you guys? It's David <laughs> Allen Freitas here. Uh, happy to be on the show. Hey, what's up, Joseph? That that seemed a little uh, self-deprecating there, but as was, long as it's Don Rickles doing the voice, it's in fine. In honor, right? yeah, in honor of his memory, uh, you know, uh, long live the uh, great Don Rickles, roast, roast, original roast master, I feel like. Yes, may he rest in, uh, rest in peace and roast. We have a really special guest interview today. He ran for Congress to represent downtown L.A., in 2020 he, he got like 47 percent of the votes for, for for u.s congress he's david kim thank you for being on the show david yes thank you so much for having me y'all how are you we're, we're doing great especially now that you're here and uh are, are you living in downtown la right now david yes so i live in between uh downtown la and koreatown and in an area called westlake so it's right in between nca 34 and uh so y- you ran to represent downtown la i think there's a lot of a lot of stereotypes going on with the, the problems in downtown LA. There's like, you know, homelessness, there's income inequality, obviously. What, what were the biggest issues in your mind? And like, what were you trying to fix with, with your run for Congress uh, last year? Yeah, so um, I think you just nailed the two first. Um, you mentioned. Skid, Skid Row is in downtown LA, or like where your, your, your district, right? Yeah, and yes. I, I don't mean to I don't mean to interrupt, but um, I did actually I was looking for like places to rent in L.A. and I found a place on Skid Row's four hundred dollars a month. It was a it was half of a tent. Um, it wasn't bad actually. Um, wow, that's. But <laughs> I don't know if you're joking, but like. That's... Okay, yeah, that was a joke. Okay. I'm sorry, but I'm not making fun of the homeless uh, population whatsoever. What do you think are the biggest issues? In, in, in yeah, I mean, you you pretty much said it right now. You said, um, and both of you did. I mean, the first thing that you mentioned was homelessness. The second thing you mentioned was income inequality. Here in LA, in the organizing community, we call it houselessness because they all have homes. It's just a matter of not having a roof to sleep under. So these unhoused residents. Um, and neighbors, uh, the numbers have grown to over 40,000 in the city, over 60,000 in the county. Um, just in Skid Row, it's over seven, 8,000. Um, and, wow. and so it's not surprising that, and for those who are listening, Skid Row is, is an area in downtown where a lot of our unhoused residents do live. So the most important issues here are houselessness, are income inequality, are, I've, I've represented the most vulnerable parents in children's court where they get their children taken away because they're basically poor um, and their children end up going to the foster system. So income inequality and uh, number three, um, oppression because you're black or brown or, 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 or racism because you don't look um, like you're, you're white and well off. Um, and talk, so I, yeah. yeah. And so here, another issue is the police is law enforcement. We have gangs in the LA Sheriff department and yet nobody's probing or doing anything. Um, it wasn't until recently that Maxine Waters is now calling for a federal probe. Um, and so 
these issues need to be spotlighted and highlighted. And so I definitely uh, would hope that our congressmen would focus on these issues. Uh, Fridas, are you ashamed that you made that lame tent joke now that this, this conversation got really serious? I'm more ashamed that you brought it up again, Joseph. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so like, uh, yes, yes, I David Kim, like the the um, the Republican or the conservative stereotype is like L.A. deserves to have all these homeless people because of their liberal policies. They let people live in filth or whatever. But like, why do you actually think L.A. is such an attractive place for, for homelessness? Or like, why did it like uh, accumulate so many in, in like Skid Row, for example? Well, uh, firstly, there's nothing really liberal or progressive about the L.A. city. I mean, I know that comment is probably made by Republicans or conservatives, or you might hear in conversations about California in general. California in general, I mean, they, it gets it gets its slack for being liberal, and that's why the state's a mess. But if you actually look at it, the people who are Democrats and who run the California Democratic Party, they call themselves liberal, but their what their definition of liberal is is still taking corporate money um still taking fossil fuel money still taking big oil money so they i think our california democrats they just sort of um take that name and and make it very perverse there's no difference between them and corporate republicans they're all the same um and so um, if you even if you look at our city our policies are not liberal we just criminalized homelessness a few months ago and continue to by making these enforcement zones and continue to criminalize through this uh, law 41.18 where it's um, illegal to sleep stand or sit in certain areas and now that those areas are expanding um, and then also in a city like LA where in the 50s you had a white supremacist movement lead a movement in against public housing against social housing so in a city like LA we have less than 10,000 public housing units while in cities like New York you have several hundred thousand um, so wow. less than 10,000 versus several hundred thousand. Then you have um, the developers paying off cash uh, with, with districts and developing costs suddenly rising. So communities are being displaced and gentrification is happening. Uh, but there's nothing being set in place as to, hey, you need to have a certain number of quotas for these people who have already been living in the community and you need to meet, meet it so that they don't pay more than 30% of the rent. And sadly to say, more than half um, there's probably a higher majority of Los Angelinos that pay more than 50% of their income, if not 70% on rent. Um, and so these are issues that have just congregated and just continue to accumulate on top of themselves. And, and yes, there's so many reasons to it. And, and, but one of the another reasons that we must take out corporate money from politics, because it's just rich people, landlords, corporate uh, developers paying off each other with the pol politicians and, and LA, basically sweeping our Anhouse neighbors to the outskirts. And that's where they're spending. They spent $2 billion on enforcing the anti-homeless zones. Those $2 billion you could have used towards giving resources. Wow. Yeah. So, so you don't think it's like, uh, it's not because like LA is too liberal, you let anyone live there. It's just like uh, the the representatives are so conservative that they're not using the money in the right way. Yeah, they saying? call them Democrats, but they're being so conservative or and corporately. Um, yeah, talking about that, so. Talking about that criminalization, criminalization aspect, like, like in all serious, seriousness, like I was, I was in Santa Barbara. This is like a couple of months ago, but I, I hadn't really grown up in Santa Barbara. I'd mostly, you know, I'd grown up in Ventura County. I'd been to L.A. more than anything in San Diego. Like everywhere that I had gone to, you know, like, like police, police don't treat, you know, the houseless, like 
like very well typically it's like they're they're trying to find a re- even if even if they're like not on drugs or drunk or anything like they typically like in my experience i had never really seen like a good you know interaction so i'm i was in santa barbara and this this police officer went up to you know this guy who had he had a sleeping bag and his clothes and stuff and he was just like hanging out next to the beach like next to this cafe in santa barbara and he's like hey how's it going and and i'm thinking in my head like oh here we go you know like he's gonna harass this you know nice you know home houseless guy just hanging out and he literally just he had a conversation with him for like five minutes and then he left and i was like I feel like that's how that's how like we should be treating, you know, our community, not like finding finding yeah. reasons to, you know, push them, uh, you know, push them out. Even they are they're already struggling, you know, like so, like, so to help, help the community and like help homelessness. Like what were some of your top policies to to help this issue? David, house houselessness, Joseph, houselessness. houselessness. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I mean, there's I don't I don't think there's just one primary thing related to being unhoused um, and losing um, losing a roof to sleep under. Um, in that sense, there's so many reasons, whether it be with uh, housing itself, housing's fucking expensive, like um, to live in a one bedroom apartment in this district, you have to pay over two thousand um, dollars. And, and now even that's increasing in that sense when the per capita income of a family of four is in the 30s like that doesn't make sense they're they're spending 70 percent of their stuff on rent um, and so housing is one issue and and, and income inequality is issue so how do we go ahead addressing and, and of this like do we bandage it where we go ahead and give out these landlord tenant relief funds. Yes, that might do for some time, but in essentially just the landlord's pockets are being filled with rent and money in, in that case. So what do we do to go beyond that? Like we need to put money in the hands of people. So basic income that completely makes sense. When you give people money, that's how you're lifting people directly out of poverty. When you have a homes guarantee uh, where uh, again, like where you heard LA, we don't have any public housing, but we need to repeal the Faircloth Amendment in Congress. And so where we can go ahead and start building social housing units that they're doing in multi-dense areas all over the world, like um, in Europe and stuff, where where it's more cost affordable in that sense, uh, where we're also um, doing these things where um, like, for instance, like if, if, if we can't pass single payer healthcare right now, what can we pass? In terms of that and i'm all for single payer um but until we get to that point like what are other things that we pass why can't we have a monthly uh, mental health pass where it's not tied into insurance but you can still pick a provider of your choice and because a lot of people have anxiety and issues going on like why aren't we implementing things like that and so those were kind of the things that we were um, addressing and, and running on um, in terms of from an all in- integrative approach what do we do to tackle this it doesn't just mean more affordable housing. It also means basic income. It also means giving them resources. It also means taking money out of politics. It also means this. So really approaching it from all angles. So those are all great. great. I'm so sorry. I was going to ask a a real question. Like, am I, am I far off though, to think that like, I'm not like, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but (laughs) Uh, and I all those and UFOs it always, it always uh, say, stickers sounds, behind you though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All these, all these conspiracy stickers. If you can, no, I'm just kidding. Those are hearts on the wall. Um, they spell out my fiance and my, my our initials. Anyway, Aww. um, yeah. But uh, 
but am I am I far off to think that like providing you know like uh, like like therapy counseling like these types of services would would take away from like what yeah and I don't even know if I'm going after the right you know ju- figurative jugular here but like big farm like these like antidepressant these like types of medications that don't I don't know I, I don't even know if I'm speaking about this intellectually but like the types of medications that either make things worse for people or don't really work or it's like it's like a way to get around the problem by making people pay for it am i am i am i far off here like no no i I think i think i get what you're commenting about and this is something that marianne williamson went on when she she has i mean if you go look up her stuff um our healthcare is a sickness system it's not a sickness prevention or care system um it's just basically paying for these pharmaceuticals to get richer um and these are these are just band-aids to temporarily deal with our symptoms. Uh, why do we have uh, astronomical pharmaceutical costs? It's because we have people like, for instance, our current Congressman Jimmy Gomez takes money from Amgen. What does Amgen do? They have a kidney uh, pharmaceutical that is less uh, effective, but more costly than a lot of manufacturers in different parts of the world. But they're, those diff- those more effective and cheaper drugs can't come in because they're paying off our politicians big money. So then the pharmaceutical money still stays high on our end. So these are the these are the these are the ways that people don't realize. Oh, why is corporate money so bad? It's bad because it it fucking like restricts uh, better products to come in because they have ties to politicians in that sense. But never um, ending. It's like a never ending cycle. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I I get I get you on that point. And so I think. Um, so it's not to say like throw more money in terms of getting people more psychiatric treatment or medication or whatnot, but it's more uh, for people because they're knowledgeable and smart to make their own decisions. If they want to go to it's it's if they want to go ahead and use their mental health paths on a mindfulness teacher on something that's more holistic, they can do so. There's no restrictions on that because I feel I I myself practice meditation and mindfulness. I'm not. Um, yes, I'm a bit woo-woo as like Marianne Williamson is, but but you're lucky like, you live in Los Angeles. I don't think you're gonna get any voters if you were now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I have that benefit. But but in the sense <laughs> you're, te- you're telling me they don't practice mindfulness in Arkansas? <laughs> going I'm, back sure to, I'm just kidding. Not, not I don't really know actually. Okay. Going back to the mental health 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 though, it's it's super important. I mean, whichever way you go about doing it, because um, I think what we the number one thing right now is in each family we have uh war zones we have i grew up from a broken family i don't know how many of you grew up from a broken family but there's unhealed trauma that we have as child and we carry this on into our adulthoods um, operating in our parasympathetic states in our fight flight or freeze mode and we need to do something about that and that's what creates this whole frenzy of stuff and so i think not just for uh the cliche category types that we are continue that um commonly associate with like our unhoused residents only having these issues but these are issues that all of us have working class individuals what have you and so i think it's super important whether you're single or have a partner or whatnot that we do take care of our mental health so you brought up your opponent who won the election he's he was a sitting congressman when when you ran against him uh do you because he's he's a pretty stereotypical establishment guy you know like he has corporate backing do you know how much more money he spent on his campaign than you who was uh, more or less just grassroots right yeah when i was reading um news news articles and whatnot um they reported him uh raking in eight times more money than we did so we raised about 180,000, i think um and we really had a non-existent primary campaign 
and we really only started to get going the once the general cycle started and towards the later half because as a first-time candidate i didn't know how to suddenly handle 200 plus volunteers um starting from a, a friend and i running filing to run so we suddenly grew without knowing so it was it was hard to adjust to that um but if i were ever to run again i think i know what not to do and what to do um, just had him running around king taco or like what would you do with 200 volunteers <laughs> <laughs> that's an yeah. la reference for anyone listening yeah good go try well i can't advertise that but yeah tacos are good here. he's a politician uh, you can't say that so okay he's got <laughs> he's got to treat all taco places equally yeah so so with that being said yeah no he's he, jimmy jimmy um incumbent he takes um more corporate pack money than a majority of republicans both in the house and the senate so um so yeah he's just a career politician he's never authored a single bill um, I think he's perhaps offered, co-authored maybe one, but really didn't author it. Um, and he just, he's hes a co-sponsor to, yeah, some quote-unquote progressive bills, but that's it because he's afraid that he's going to lose. And so if you see his, if you analyze him on social media, um, he shoves himself into pictures with the squad. Oh man, that's what I, that's what I always do is I always shove myself into pictures with different squads. In terms of um, like, I know that uh, like a few, several months ago, he put out a call to DCCC saying, Hey guys, I'm in a tough race. Um, the white progressives have put up uh, an Asian guy to run against me and, and um, I need your help in fundraising. And I saw that article come out. I'm like, what? I didn't even decide to run again. What are you talking about? No candidate has declared their run in this campaign this cycle, but you're going around telling high dollar donors that you have a tough race right now. What's what's up with that? Um, so, I mean, he's a career politician. Um, when he became our congressman in 2017, that I think a couple months later, he filed to run for Lieutenant Governor 2028 for California. So as he's, he's just using this as a stepping stone, um and so he's his heart is not really in it so that those are my kind of thoughts on jimmy so you, you mentioned that he, you had a budget of like 180k and like i'm assuming he had, a, he had a budget of like 4 million or something something really high um and you came within like how, how many votes of winning like less than like a six percent difference or something like that right yeah so we came in strong at 47 percent winning 96,554 votes he won 108,000 votes so it was a difference of 12,000 votes. so 12 so you were able to do with with like one-eighth the money almost beating this guy so what does that say about voters today like what, what does that say about like how we we think as a society now we're 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 waking up and i think we're reaching that critical mass so yeah we're we're being we're 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 being more educated or, or more um, engaged in information. So like you're saying like there's a there's a maybe a stance of like people are, are not going to just fall for the typical corporate politician going forward. You think it's going to get better going forward? Well, I don't I think that also depends on our part, like those listening, those here, you guys. I mean, if you're up for that, but I think it's just a matter of people before people would ask. So what who cares who their donors are? But when you go ahead and follow the money and chase everything and and realize um, what's being funded and what's not, what's being acted upon and what's not, you realize, oh, shit, like, why is it that in a district like ours, poverty just gets worse? People continue to suffer more and we continue to elect the same career politicians. What happens if we elect non-career politicians? What happens if we elect people who aren't funded by corporate? And I think these realizations are just starting to happen. So going to your question, yes, I feel like that uh, percentage will increase, but as long as we continue to educate um, uh, those in our circle. 
That sounds all like great things. And uh, thank you for being on the show, David. We're going to go into our news stories now. As I said at the beginning of the show, what we do is we talk about the most important news stories of the week. And it should come to no surprise that our first news story is Japan seeks to make online insults punishable by jail time. Uh, David, do you think this is a good strategy to stop cyberbullying? I'm like, I'm so grateful. I think it's, I think it's finally, we're finally here. You know, I feel, I feel like we finally arrived at a good solution, at a great solution. But, but David, Kim, have you, have you dealt with cyberbullying? Cause you're, I mean, so you're on Twitter and good you're question. a politician. Yeah. Like, do you, you have to deal with a lot of negativity on there? I mean, I not, I mean, I guess, I, I guess so. Like it, it definitely, <laughs> I'm laughing because you just opened up a file cabinet of horrible comments. Of repressed like, memories. And yeah. repressed <laughs> memories Great like, job, Joseph. Now, yeah, you're, you just, now you're harassing like, I, the guest. I think you particularly <laughs> opened, I mean, there's many drawers, but there's one drawer of racist comments, and I just see a bunch of Ching Chong Chongs running for office. And like, but Do you think those are real people, though? Like, Or do you think like maybe Gomez hired them or something? Like, What, what do you think? I mean, sadly to say, I think some of them are genuinely real people. Um, it's sad. Um, I mean, but then some of them I do kind of wonder, huh, I wonder if somebody hired that person to go all out on me um, because they're just so persistent um, about me being the most evil person in the world. Uh, but but in any case, yeah. And Well, here's here's what I think. I think like, you know, how, uh, how, how old are you, David? I am 37. Okay, yeah. So you're about our age. I mean, I'm 31. Joseph, you're 30. You're 30. You're 30. We're all about the same age. We grew up in the time. We grew up in a time where, like, you know, it, we were we didn't really have computers, and then we had computers. Well, we 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 had computers, and then we had cell phones. So we we're kind of merging into technology. But I I also remember like a time in middle school when when the saying "sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt me." I remember that was still like that was still prevalent, you know. But I feel like what cyber bullies did is they like took that saying, you know, words will never just hurt me. Amplified it. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, you want to bet, you know, <laughs> like I'll show you if words can hurt you or not. It's like, why? Like, why did we ever start doing that? But, but, but David, you, you know? dealt with racism online during your, your congressional run. Um, did you ever consider having some of your volunteers get onto Skype calls with these trolls and just be like, uh, Hey man, you need, you need someone to talk to you. You doing okay. Maybe just uh, kill them out a bit. No, I mean, I think in the beginning, not being used to this kind of stuff. Like, I remember, like, I, I had repped um, some some K-pop clients before, uh, before I came into immigration law and worked. And, like, I would give them advice on how to deal with cyberbullying and stuff. But then when you're actually receiving the cyberbullying, all that advice and shit you think you thought you knew on how to handle a situation goes out the window. Um, you're just in defense mode right away. I was being like reacting, like I was reacting, being triggered and, and whatnot. But I think the more you do try to engage with them, it doesn't really go anywhere kind of based on my experience. So you just have to acquire this thick skin of not listening and, and realizing that, um, Hey, like what they say is what they say and they're entitled to it, but that shouldn't affect who you but are. It's, it's like, che I think it's like cheating. Like it's not, it's not fair. Like cyber bullying is not it's not like, you know, when you're, when you're, look, cause I do stand up comedy. Like, of course, of course we can like roast each other. It's all in good fun. We know how to like take jokes, but like, even, even when it's not okay, like what, you know, when I was like in middle school or whatever, 
and you could tell like a kid was getting bullied, you know, like verbally abused in the, in the schoolyard. It's, it was still different to where like, you know, something would be said. And then you have like, you have like three to five seconds before you just had no comeback. Like, that's not how cyberbullying works. Like, you can say something. You can come up with the best response ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back and forth. Someone can, you know, you can say one thing and then someone else has a good comeback. And then it can be like five, ten minutes and they come up with something. And you're like, whoa, like, roasted on the internet. You can have a group of internet. comedy writers <laughs> just, like, come up with something for you. Yeah. And it's that like, point. that's not even fair, dude. That's not the same as, like, actual the actual exchange of, like, jokes, you know? It's not. So the story the is. Yeah, so the story is Japan is is planning to you know put jail time as a punishment for cyberbullying. Uh, David, as a as a congressman, if you were elected, do you have a better punishment for cyberbullying? Oh, for, for in in Japan? No, uh, if uh, if David Kim became a congressman. Oh, you sorry, a, yeah, you yeah. said David. Sorry, I'm going <laughs> yeah. by Freitas this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I, don't, I don't believe in jails, so I mean, I don't think punishing is is going to correct things. But um, again, like. In terms of it, it's always we're always focused on the the actual punishing aspect of things, but as we know here, the imprisonment does not mean better rates of recidivism here in America. Um, we actually spend so much on it and we profit off of it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, again, going on the preventive of people, why are these people angry and pissy and and horrible in the first place? Like getting to the root causes of that. No, uh, to be honest, like I don't I don't think jail time is is a yeah, is like a good solution for online bullying. But I but I do think, you know, obviously we should stop online bullying. It, it, they are going a little hard, I think, a little too hard in, in Japan. Unless like unless like you go to you go into inside of a jail in in Japan and it's really nice. I don't know, I've never been to jail in Japan. Maybe it's really nice, and and all they do is take away your take away your cell phone. You know, <laughs> I, I heard like most then, countries that is, are in America have pretty nice jails. Well, I mean, like most development, not like not like South America, right? Not like a third world country. Yeah, like I heard like Denmark or Sweden, like they like they have like libraries and they they'll teach you how to do a career and stuff like that. They have like a N Nintendo Switch. They have, they have like the <laughs> PS5 like exclusive. But uh, David Kim, what, what do you think is like a they have Swedish yeah. fish. Swedish they really fish. eat Swedish no, fish. No, no, I was just thinking, like, yeah, Nintendo. Like, at first, I just thought, oh, that's cool. But I think it's, it. I think that's, like, people shouldn't be restricted from the normal things of life in that sense. But, um, yeah, what was, the, what was the question, Joseph? Oh, so, like, do you have any strategies on, like, how to make people friendlier online? Do you think, like, uh, you should send, that, like, send, like, an Amazon hug? Like, someone should, like, come to their house and hug them to make them cheer up a bit instead of uh, trolling people? Yeah, instead of trolling people. And, and always, always, I mean, I know we get into the habit of of um, buying back and, and doing all of that. But I think it's also, if you, if you are aware of somebody receiving cyber, cyber bullying, like, talk to them, connect with them shield them with your love show them how um whatever those words are coming at that that person is saying it from a really really broken place and it's not intentional against you or in any way even though that person might seem like they're super personally pissed at you but sort of rewiring and reframing that um that outlook on it for your friend or for that family member or someone you know who's receiving the cyberbullying and letting them know that hey the root cause is really the other person so there's no reason for it to let to, for, to let to let that affect you personally, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and then once we're able to come from that bigger place of, uh, 
of that, then we can start naturally spreading that um, that kindness and love back. Where when we see those cyberbullying comments, we can go back and say, "Hey, yo, I know you're broken, yo." I mean, I know that might sound so judgy, but but responding back with with those, what the, I just fucking like bullied this person. Why is this person being so nice to me? Giving those types of reactions to those people who are reading cyberbullies. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we should we should start we should start. I mean. There are a lot of kind people out there, but I feel like yeah, people people should be killing this bullying with kindness, you know. Do you, but do you think like some of your policies would would help, like just make people feel better? Like the UBI, for example, like if you had some stability in your life, maybe you're not like going online and and bullying people. Yeah, I mean, maybe the person doesn't have a job. Maybe the person um, can't see their kid. Maybe the person has all of these medical issues. Maybe that like we don't know what these people's issues are so given that like that that can affect how we engage them but on a, on a bigger level yeah that the, again another reason why our systems are failing and, and why we're not taking care of our people and so that they take it out on themselves like some hunger games or squid game type of situation but um but yeah. dude what are what are people like bullying others about in japan though like they're like oh you think that's really cute like that's not cute like your your mochi, <laughs> I don't know your, much mochi about Japan, your mochis but... your mochis are made wrong like i don't like how you made your mochis uh, okay that's, that's an ugly i don't like how you uh, trim your bonsai tree <laughs> uh Friedis, do you, you have any ideas of like other online activities that you think deserve jail time in your experience uh yeah um too much porn i think if you're on porn too much you should, uh... you, should, you should just go to jail. <laughs> Not jail, but uh, it, your computer should just shut off, you know? I don't think it's healthy. I don't think porn's healthy. All right. Well, we'll leave it on that. Uh, oh, let's get to our next. <laughs> we have to... Am I, I'm offending our porn audience. I'm sorry. Okay. We just lost uh... half our listeners right there. Okay. <laughs> but let's get to our next story from insults to incentive. Indiana Town will give you cash and grandparents on demand if you move there. So the strategy is they'll pay remote workers a total of $7,000 in cash and gift incentives to move there and provide grandparents to help babysit your kids too. Uh, David Kim, like, is this, is this like a new trend, like people moving out of the cities and, you know, uh, cause the cities are tough, you know, like it's crowded and stuff like, but, and moving to small towns and is this a good way to get them there? That's great. I mean, I think that's very creative in the sense of, I mean, obviously the numbers of kind of financially crunching doesn't make sense, et cetera. But I, I think the idea is good in the sense of, um, hey, how do we get people to stay here? What are the things that, that they need? But I think it's kind of even taking a step further. Like if a town is willing to provide some sort of like homes guarantee program and, and go into uh, policies that uh, allow a family to suddenly uproot themselves and move to another town because there's an economic system in place for them to get easily plugged into, then yeah, that that's great. But I think this is where that sort of notion is coming from of, hey, people need help right now. And this is one of our ways to help. And I mean, this is a creative idea. I'm not going to completely dismiss okay, it. Okay. So, so David, isn't the issue though, like this is, this is for tech workers. This is for like, rem like people that can work remotely, but like the people that could benefit the most from housing, like cheaper housing and in smaller, like more rural towns are like, people that don't have like these remote jobs would you say that's kind of true oh oh i see what you're saying in that aspect um not on a general scale but specifically to to this um 
because th- this this news story is about hey we want rich young yuppies to move to our town that can work you know remotely oh got it got it got it got it no um well i mean in regards to if the, if the intent is to have that then i i can't imagine what kind of effects that would have on people that are already living there and eventually see gentrification start happening in that sense so i think um whatever you're offering i i think with the with what i was sharing earlier is as long as you're putting everybody on a floor where on which all of them can stand, then that, that's great. But then in this situation, I don't know, like if, if there are people that are living in these smaller towns beforehand and aren't in the industry, they're, they're going to be displaced eventually is what I would see in this scenario. Um, so how do you make everybody whole? How do you give them the footing? I mean, if it's going ahead and saying, um, and then, but then again, like, I mean, if you're if you're advertising this as as a thing, then I think in order to take care of your own, if you're a smart city government and if you're a leader that cares for your people there, it's also striking out a deal of, hey, like we'll offer um, these tech workers this much in return, hire our people to work for you as well. Um, so yeah, can also they, be they, they can work for the company too. Um, Dave, would you ever move to a small town to uh, take advantage of like an incentive like this, seven thousand dollars and free grandparents? Um, I is it like is I wonder I wonder is if it's uh, I forgot uh, your names are David again. I keep I keep messing no, that it's up. Okay, but. I figured you were talking about me because you're we <laughs> okay. were just talking to David uh, David Kim. But I is it do you know if this offer if this like incentive is uh, is it contingent? Like, is it contingent that you take the seven thousand? Like, do you do you have to take the grandparents and the seven thousand, or can I move there and like just be like, I'll take the seven thousand, but I don't want your creepy grandparent. Like, can I do that? What do you think the cash value of of the grandparents is, Rita? <laughs> I don't know, four hundred dollars. I mean, babysitting ain't cheap, bro. It's, I think it's like two I know, grand. but it's a stranger. Like, I don't know these people. <laughs> it's a stranger from Indiana. I've got nothing against. Indiana, it's just there. I think things are a little different there than California. So, like, if I already like, if I lived in like Ohio, I feel like it would be easier to be like, yeah, I'm doing it. You know, it's like, isn't it next door? I don't know. Geography is not my uh, forte, but uh, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to. I don't know if I just want random, random people that's a nice you know what look it's i appreciate the offer but i feel like i would just want the seven thousand okay um <laughs> probably, david kim do you have any other like right. ideas for like incentives for, for people to move to small towns or are you kind of against that idea because you're representing like los angeles do you want people to move out of los angeles to small towns yeah i mean for me um people can live wherever they want but um, me personally, given where I'm at and like the things that caused me to run in the last cycle, like I can't leave LA because there's just so much suffering here. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if people want to move to small towns, they can. Um, I would definitely find a reason, if, list, I mean, address those reasons that are causing people to leave the big city and go for small towns. And, and it's super unfortunate that they are. And so that's what leaders here need to recognize and, and work towards. And hey, why are people leaving our why are people leaving our neighborhoods? Why are they doing that? How can we stop that? Uh, Fridas, do you like if, if you had the ability to work remotely anywhere, where, where would you choose? Okay, sorry, I'm looking I'm looking this information up more. 
uh, yeah, you get seven thousand dollars in cash and gift incentives. Uh, so so you get the five thousand in cash. Yeah, and then and then actually there's a really nice quote. It says our friend Tammy at the Decatur County Community Foundation and her husband who also drives the school bus. Okay, so he's already around kids. Happily offer babysitting hours. Yeah. See, that makes me a lot more comfortable. I thought it was just like some random grandparents, you know. But would, <laughs> like, would you choose the small town if, like, if I gave yeah. you the ability to work remotely, or like? Uh... Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't like. I I love I love small town feel. Like actually, because I'm a people person. I love I love talking to people, uh, which just is kind of another way of saying like I can't shut up, but also. <laughs> Also, I, I love small town feel like I love, you know, meeting uh, the locals and seeing the food that they eat. And I would take a remote position and and still, uh, you know, go go have a have a burger down at the bar every other every week or so every couple of days. But so like but do, you, do we think like the people that are leaving the cities are just giving up or are they just trying to like uh, live a more peaceful life? Uh, David Kim, do you think like uh, they should stick it out or is everyone's choice to just get out if, if they feel like that's the only thing they can do? I mean, at some point I can definitely see myself living in a small town at some point in my life. So, so why not if you want to do that? But I mean, if the reason though is because you can't survive in the city, then, then I hope you can stay. Um, but if the reason is, hey, I'm in a different point of my life where I just need peace and quiet and it's just more of preference over economics, sustainability and ability, then yeah, go move. It's yeah. not a bad idea, actually. It's, so you just have to be self-employed outside of Greensburg. Yeah, dude, I can I'll say like I'm uh, yeah, I you're do a dynamic comedy. panel host. That's yeah, I'm a do. host of dynamic <laughs> panel. That's my it's my cell phone business. The, the highly paid position, of course. Right. Yeah. You, you pay For us all our tips. Yeah. yeah, you send us Q-tips every week, so that's nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is kind of why I like the idea of UBI so much, is because like if if you have a UBI, you have the freedom basically to move anywhere you want. Like if you like the city, you stay in the city. But but like right now, some people are stuck in the city because maybe their family's there and they don't have anywhere to live in a small town. And if you're in, if you don't like your small town, and you want to move to the city, then you can you can move over there too. But uh, yeah, hopefully that's something that David Kim was running on, and hopefully that maybe that would help out in the future. Also, you have to move there in the next six to twelve months. That's the eligible. Yes, in order to be eligible. Yeah, uh, Frida. Frida, do you do you think we have a guest that that's coming from from this town? Do you, do we want to talk to him right now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a guest on the uh, from from the town. Uh, I think I think he was gonna be. Um, he he wanted he was, to talk to us, right, about the new people moving in. Yeah, wasn't that uh, Jasper? He wanted yeah, to talk like, to us about. Uh, Grandpa Jasper, are you there? Hi, how you doing there, Joseph? Hello, Mr. Kim and uh, Mr. Freehaters. Freehaters. Wow, Jasper, uh, thank you for being Freitas, on the Freitas, show. Happy uh, to be here. Thank you for having me on Dynamic Panel. What do you think of all these young people moving to your town now and, and uh, enjoying the small town life that you got in, in uh, Indiana? Well, you know, Joseph, I'm uh, one of the few elderly here that uh, loves having the uh, younger adults around. I like to uh, I like to have them help around the house and uh, enjoy music. We listen to music together. Oh, you like music? That's pretty cool. Like, so you're not you're like a hip grandpa. Is, is that fair to say? Exactly, and that's what they call me, Joseph. They call me a hip pop. Hip hop, 
you know, oh, kind of nice. like a like a hip hop, you know, like hip hop, but they're saying hip pop because I'm like they're pop pop. Okay, do you do you uh, do you do you sing to you? To, to and, and, and I do want to say it's got nothing to do with it's got nothing to do with my uh, hip popping out of place. It's an old hip, so sometimes it'll pop out of place. Hey, you know, every now and then when I'm moving and jiving and beatboxing. Okay, uh, like so, like what are what are some ways that you you stay hip for for all these uh, these people that you're 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 meeting now in, in your small Indiana town? Well, I like to go on the YouTube, and that's one of the ways I stay hip. I used to be real lonely, and so I'd go on the YouTube and find friends, and they'd have their video blogs and their vlogs, and they're wearing their Crocs and having a good old time. So I, I like to also, uh, uh, I like to dance outside of my house on the TikTok. Do you, do you like to get low, uh, Grandpa Jasper? Right, right, right. Thank you. Yes, that's uh, one of the things I like to do. I, I like to have the kids around, and uh, I have this young gentleman uh, teaching him how to do some of the wood woodwork. I I used to be a construction builder myself, so I I tell him, uh, you know, you can help me with uh, that over there and this over here from the window to the wall. Sounds great. Uh, David Kim, do you, do you have any questions to, to Uncle or to Grandpa Jasper? Or how ashamed are you to be on the show right now, by the way? No, I um, Grandpa Jasper, I'm just curious uh, what, what type of YouTube videos you be watching these days? Well, I like to watch a lot of different kinds of YouTube videos. That's a good question. One of them, uh, I like the music videos, uh, Mr. Kim. Have you seen the music videos? Yeah, the music videos. Um, whose whose music videos um, have do you remember? Well, uh, one of them I like is uh, that uh, that young man. Uh, he pop, he passed away now, but uh, he used to sing about uh, getting the kids off of the porch. You know, uh, because you know sometimes there'd be kids. You know, uh, trying to graffiti the porch or knock your rocking chair over. Uh, it was that young man. He had that mu that music video. He goes. Uh, uh, I thought I told you not to come around here. Uh, beat it. And just beat it. Uh, that, uh, I, yeah, Michael I Jackson has a okay. good man. That's Michael Jackson. I, I wouldn't say he's a good man, but uh, yeah, let's, let's leave it at that. No, he likes <laughs> kids too, just like me. Okay, okay, Grandpa Jasper. I think it, I think he's a little past your bedtime. I think it's time for you to, to go to bed. All right, well, I appreciate you having me on the show. And uh uh, have a great uh, campaign there, Mr. Kim, and uh, you too, Mr. Freehate Heate Harris. Oh, that was fun. All right, um, let's let's. He couldn't pronounce my name for a dog. Yeah, I, I can't uh, believe you couldn't pronounce okay. your name. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Well, let's get to our next story from uh, grandparents to dads. Dads on duty. Louisiana fathers volunteer to keep peace at Shreveport High School. So the school dealt with a lot of fighting breaking out and the fight stopped happening when dads on duties came uh david kim how would you react or how do you think the kids react when they saw these these dads these kids that are always getting to fights they they knew to, to stop fighting so what what before i answer that what are the what is what do you know about dads on duty how did this group came to so, be so there are a bunch of tough looking dads that come to campus and just, you know just kind of stare down like anything that's bad going on. So like if, if, if two kids are about to, you know, fight, maybe they'll calm down or maybe some tough love will, will be involved. 
good strategy to stop bullying in, in schools for you, I guess. I think, I think, I think, I, I honestly really, uh, I think I really like, this is like one of the best programs, I think, that a school has had in a long time. I think, I mean, I mean, just like the presence, the presence of, uh, of, ha- of, of just like a, a big, a big, a big person there you're, you're not going to want to fight as much i had there was this like there's this uh this lady this like this kind of like like heavy set lady that was out on the schoolyard and every time she would come around like when we were like not we but like kids were like trying to beat me up basically uh <laughs> like they would uh they would scram because she she was kind of intimidating I think who's this, who's this lady that, that came to this lunch rescue? lady like in a oh, purple shirt okay. yeah it was, like, oh, it was nice. like a lunch lady she was like in the schoolyard she just had do you, you remember her name i don't i don't okay. even remember her name i think I, it was i'm like gonna assume D- her name is dolores and this show goes out to dolores uh, david yeah, savior this is, back goes out to, yeah. to, no i think it was <laughs> leticia I, honestly i think it was leticia yeah okay this one goes out for you uh david can you, you think this is a good strategy to have the, the dads just uh, protecting the kids in the high school I mean, I think it's a it's a good idea. It's a great idea in the sense of, hey, they would probably quiet down if if that uh, if that bully's dad happened to be there, um, kind of in their presence. I don't think that that bully would be a bully. So I mean, it makes sense. Um, but come on, who wants their parent at school? <laughs> I certainly that's don't a good want point. like even though even though I think it's a good idea, I I wouldn't want to see my dad at school like. Uh, come on like that's that was uh, that was my another place of haven where i i was able to be myself and do all of this so, you don't like me asking like what kind of kid were you in yeah. high school like were you, were you like the smart kid like like what kind of kid becomes a like a congressional nominee later like what kind of kid were you in high school? <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i think i think i was a different kid during different times of my life each each year i was a different person um i went to three different high schools uh and so because you got kicked out for fighting too often. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably for not fighting. Um, but no, um, the the I I had switched to different high schools because um, the neighborhoods um, that I were in, um, my my parents just wanted us to go to different schools, and so they moved and moved and moved. Um, but it's it's tough. Like it's it's tough. Like I remember being the new kid at um the second and third high schools i was at i was super scared and i was being i was made fun of for acting feminine for being feminine for being in the closet and um at the time like i mean it was i wasn't sure if i was like i mean i knew i had a thing for guys but but it wasn't until later that um i came out of the closet and whatnot and so I think yeah, bullying's a real thing, and like it, it sucks to be bullied. I wasn't bullied in particular, but I would just hear rumors, and I think like that, like gossip could be bullying. Like I mean, just as how cyberbullying is bullying, um, when you hear people talking about you. So it's not necessarily being being hit physically, but but being talked about and whatnot. And that's the thing that we need to talk about um, in our schools. Good point. Yeah. That's a good, point. good points. All good points. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't able to like pluck my eyebrows in high school without getting tripped, like without, without someone trying to trip me on the way to class. Do you get a lot of young supporters in uh, for your congressional campaign? Like, do you know what like high schools are now like? I think they're more. They're like way more like progressive now, or like they're more like understanding of like gay issues and stuff like that, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we totally. Um, I mean, a lot of our volunteer support. Um, some of them came from high school students too. Um, so they're a lot more open and, and 
and into the know with that. Yeah, I think we're for, we're fortunate to be like in a more progress, what feels like a more progressive time, right? Than for for social issues, yeah. Yeah, not for not social. for like economic issues, uh, you know, obviously because there's a bunch of homeless, well, yeah. yeah, or houselessness, houselessness. Um, yeah, <laughs> Fridas, where where would you put these dads on duty? Like besides schools, where do you think a good use for them? Like at, at a nightclub to make sure no one gets too rowdy. One thing I have to say is like. You know, like there was a there was a time when when the when the pandemic first hit, when I was like, man, am I the only one like losing my job right now? And uh, and this is and and then I was like, obviously not. You know, a lot of us lost our jobs, but I think these dads, uh, you know, I'm not trying to shame them, but I feel like they have a little too much time on their hands. And they know? can go on a school day <laughs> to just look tough in front of kids. Yeah, unless they're there on their days off. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, these dads. I think I think these dads should be. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe not only. And also, dads are dads are different now. I think you know. I think I would hope. You know, I don't actually. I don't know much about Louisiana, but I would hope that da- the dads from now are not like the kind of dad I had, which was like this. You know, like unfortunately, like homophobic, racist dad father figure that I had grown up. Um, so I would hope that, but also I think these dads should be like, yeah, I don't know, like starting a, they should have a program for the kids too, after school. Like they should, uh, I don't know. They should, uh, do marbles or I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I said marbles. They should marbles? be marbles uh, like, uh, like in squid game. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 Far, they should be, no, they should just be that. hanging out with, hanging out with the kids. Like, you know, they could be teaching them stuff, you know, like, uh, they could be teaching them, uh, you know, home ec or whatever. Cooking. Uh, they could be t- teaching them cooking. Dads, dads. I think dads nowadays nowadays know a lot about a lot more about cooking, and and that would break the the stereotype of like, oh, dads don't. You know, we should be reversing a lot of these old stereotypes actually, and these dads should be like teaching the kids how to clean, how to like, you know, how to how to sew they should do like a sewing class i actually i actually this is i'm on to something here okay uh do you support these ideas david kim yeah no i think he i think he is on to something in the sense of uh i think a lot of some of the issues joseph that- doesn't david but we're gonna get this we're gonna tackle this together <laughs> we're, we're gonna nail this yeah, Joseph keeps some, calling them homeless, but uh, <laughs> yeah, some of some of the issues that we have with that are common issues that we have with our dad is we're able to connect and talk and f- talk more freely and express more freely and directly connect with our mothers more than our fathers. Why is that? And like, yes, um, how do we break the cycle with that? How do we like have these fathers like not just say, "Oh, I love you," but like we don't feel that we don't know that. Like, how do we know exactly? That? And, like. And I think it's more like if these dads have time to be dads on duty, why don't you work on yourselves first and like know how to express and talk and connect with things first and and do that thing. So like if it is sort of what um, David, the other David was kind of referring to, like, yeah, why go go sign up and do a class with your with your child. And like if your child doesn't want to do it, then find other ways that the child would be comfortable in, in knowing what how they want to spend their time with their dad and and not not doing what you think is the best for your child's discipline or upbringing, but be like, Hey, what do you want? How do you want me to show up? Like, I want, I, I, I love you. Like, how do you, how do I connect that and communicate that to you? I think that's a thing that dads probably need to focus on. Do you think having a good father figure would, would solve a lot of, a lot of, a lot of issues that are going on in 
like for for young people in, in your district, for example, like a lot of men up in gangs or a lot of yeah, men, you know? for sure. Like the whole boys can't cry type of thing, like that that comes from those types of notions are what perpetuate um, this kind of yeah. A lot of people could be killed if 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 they have good father figures and and on the same spectrum, good mother figures as well. Um, so so yeah, totally totally agree on that. Okay, uh, let's get to our last story. Let's, let's, those, let's, are great, those are great points, yeah. Let's end on something more fun. Uh, from kids to Kanye. Kanye West name change to yay official yay. after judge signs off on petition. David Kim, I'm assuming you're a Kanye fan, right? Do you like the name change? Yay! <laughs> yay. <laughs> I think that just said it. Yay! Um... Kanye it's simple. Yay. It's to the Is point. Is right? Ye? I thought it was pronounced Ye. Oh, it's Ye. Okay. I Is it, it was, Yay? I thought it was Ye because his, his name is Kanye, and then like just makes it short. Oh, I thought it was like Ye from the Bible. He's like trying to do like, or or Jesus. You know, what? I don't know. Kanye, you're going to call into the show and tell us. You can, you can let us know. Yes. <laughs> I. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't think it has to be a progression that makes sense. Just like with Puff Daddy became P Diddy. Um, and that was just Diddy. Yeah, now it's just Diddy. So, I mean, as long as the involvement makes sense. But then again, who am I to judge? It's your own name. So if Kanye wants to do Ye as opposed to Ye, that's up to him. So what do you think the next evolution of his name will be? Just uh, Shutter Shades? Just a symbol? Con. It's going to be Con. Con. All right. Um, Con, Ye. Con, Ye. Yan, Ye. It says it's, is it Ye or Ye? Wait, I'm looking on Reddit. No, I'm just gonna find like a thread. Or, or I could see it being changed thread. to like to like some variation of Christian or Jesus or something. You're right, yeah, Joseph. Just straight of Jesus. Are, I think most people are saying it's just yay. Um, I think this is a, I think this is a, I think this is a a good move for Kanye. You know, I think I I mean I've I've been so sick of like pronouncing. I've been so sick of pronouncing his whole name my whole life. You know. Yeah. It's, like, it's wasting uh, so much time. You, all the yeah, all the time I wasted. Taking out that syllable will save years off my off my life, but not having to say the con part. Oh, uh, I know. Just don't even remind me, Joseph. Every time. Do you guys see those photos of him uh, with a like a Halloween mask, and that's how he's trying to disguise himself now? Like uh, he's, he's taking meetings, but he's wearing like a like a Halloween mask. I feel like that? I got. I feel like I got conned by him making me pronounce his whole name and, until now. Yeah. Wait, what? What mask? What mask are you talking well, about? So is he wearing these masks in his own business meetings, or when he meets with fans too? Well, like, so he he's been photographed like by, by the paparazzi, just like wearing wearing the mask. But do you oh, think this is actually a really good idea? Like, just to oh, okay. like hide your identity, with, like if you're with, like at the Safeway or whatever, then you can you can wear the, the mask instead of your Kanye, right? David Kim, did you ever get that famous? Would you wear a mask everywhere? I could understand where he's coming from, though, because. To be honest, there are times where I told, like, I found myself saying to a couple people when running last cycle, hey, like, I am just running because I really want people to be fucking fighting for us because I do my job like, like, every former employer will have everything good to say about me. And that's where, that's how I take my job seriously. So I'm really just, I was just really set on going to DCM and being like a fucking, like, aggressive fighter in that sense. And so that's the only reason why. But then as you're running, you get all this like, oh, that's David Kim or, oh, that's like who, who, so-and-so. And so I was telling friends like, oh, I wish it was so possible if 
I could not show what I looked like my and who I was and whatnot and still run and still be elected. So you caused COVID, David Kim? And you, and be an aggressive fighter. everyone wear a mask? <laughs> oh, no, no. Wear, wear like, I mean, I, I, I would not show my face. Like, okay. I would be like a faceless candidate. And so I could see why, like, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't want people to like, Google yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of that's nine hundred. That's like close to a million people that yeah, voted like, voted for you. Well, no, no, uh, close to a hundred thousand. So oh, it was oh my bad. No, because because you definitely have privacy in that sense, and so to give you even a more concrete example, when I was using the dating apps, um, I currently have a boyfriend, so I'm no longer using him. I promise. Um, but before before finding my boyfriend, like you go onto these dating apps and like. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately i guess depending on how you see it a lot of the gay community is pretty progressive and so when we met when i matched with somebody on hinge or what have you two-thirds of the time they would say oh are you that guy that almost won for congress and i'm like oh why can't i just be my that's own a, that's self? a great opening line yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say fuck but that would be my own thought that would occur and it's like damn it i can't just start from a clean blank slate like you, I have to talk with you as like you seeing me as some image that you've created in your own head. And so I, I get where Kanye's coming with this of like putting a mask and trying to conceal identity and, and really wanting its privacy in that. That's all I want. What kind of what kind of mask would you put on if if you could put on a mask, David? A fox. A Jimmy hey, Gomez. Hey, mask. yeah, like <laughs> what the fox say. Was it like really freaky the first time someone like uh, recognized you? Like I'm assuming it was like recently, right? Because or like during your your run. No, so I I actually so I actually um when I went onto a dating app, I actually was the first time somebody had said, "Oh, you're David Kim, who almost won," and I was like, "Oh shit!" And I was so surprised, caught off guard. I just immediately unmatched. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been the, the, the perfect uh well you have a boyfriend now but like yeah so i i made sure that he didn't know who i was um until later after we got closer and so i'm glad that that worked out in that way wait um, so he didn't he didn't know who you were your boyfriend yeah in the beginning correct when we well, were first I, I think you have the advantage of having a generic enough name that like when you google it like uh like it's not obvious as you right yeah yeah but then but then uh, yeah. there's those proactive gays out there and so they're like what? You're, you're that guy um sorry i didn't mean to make it sound like they're less than or anything but it just made me kind of think no i don't want to be freaking known I'm like so that was yeah it. you don't want nobody wants that like weird kind of like spotlight when you're trying to especially when you're like trying to date like yeah. that's a weird that's it because that just juxtaposes them as like higher than you already so then it or or if it's not high yeah i mean it's typically you know they're just it's you feel like you're on a pedestal so yeah. um but that's that's good what is your can i ask you a question like what's your ideal person who does know who you are like what is that interaction like ideally you know is it like Oh hi hi I I know who you are you know I, I voted res- for you I respect yeah I voted for you like what what is that ideal interaction like as opposed to you know are you guys are you are you aren't you the guy I who think, almost- I mean, yeah I think I think the ideal interaction is hey like um great work on whatever standing up and and joining and fighting um and I think that's great like I mean I appreciate that like that that knows that shows me that we're we're doing something but if it's um I mean 
I, mean, I guess it's just it's just awkward in dating. I mean, really in dating, it's like the most the most weird. Problem. I mean, it's a cool power dynamic though, because like it's like, oh, you're into making bread. Well, I got ninety thousand people to vote for me for Congress, bro. <laughs> 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 Joseph Joseph likes to use his power to uh, hold it over others. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That, that beats the, kidding. the heck out of any hobby that anyone else would probably have. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, on that note, I think it's time to end the show. But uh, before we end out, uh, David Kim, do you have anything to promote? You have a website or something? No. Um. I. I mean, go go ahead and follow me on social media for those listening. David Kim for CA, um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. David Kim for CA. Um. <clears throat> Uh, I, 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 we are, I am taking a break from this local community news podcast and radio show. Um, it's called The People with David and Fam on KPFK um, 90.7 FM. We're taking a break, but, um, but I am making um, an announcement in the coming weeks, uh, maybe next month, November. So just, yeah, just follow me on social media. Sounds good. Sounds good. Frida, do you have anything? Yeah, I'd love to promote uh, upcoming show this Thursday. Uh, it's going to be in a couple days. I'm performing at the Bear Cave Comedy, uh, hosted by Samantha Bear. Uh, It's this Thursday, 501 State Street. Uh, It's going to be at 7 p.m. Tickets are $13. It's going to be hilarious. There's going to be my buddy Jake Gallows performing. He's a producer uh, of a lot of comedy shows here in Ventura. He's had uh, Eddie Pepitone, Matt Edgar, Ian Edwards. And then also there's going to be a drag show, Divinity. I've I've seen her. She's amazing. Oh, it's going to be incredible. Tickets, $13, uh, 7 p.m. Thursday, 501 State Street. Come check it out. Comedy. Check it out, guys. Uh, so on that note, for David Kim and David Friedis, my name is Joseph, and thank you for listening to Dynamic Panel. Yeah, uh-huh. You know what it is. Everything we do, we do big. Yeah, uh-huh. Screaming that When I start off the mic, that's something. my show when you hear it. Listen to the panel.